celebrating two years of nomad travel. It is hard to believe that I'm ending two years of nomad travel and embarking on a third, but I am. And I'm going to give you guys a little history and review of my second year of nomad life in podcast 1077, the Bob Davis podcasts. Happy Halloween. This, uh, this little train runs on contributions and clients, people who buy advertising on the Bob Davis podcasts. That's the first thing. So I want to thank, I'm, I'm going to do it a little differently in this podcast. I'm just going to thank my key clients right now. And then I'm not going to do spots, let's say, uh, for those clients because I want to focus on this whole nomad travel thing that's been going on in this special commemorative podcast. But I want to thank uh, Lonnie McCorder at 3-6 Lynn. This is the independent refueling station in, uh, in uh, South Minneapolis in the Lynn Lake neighborhood. They are great. Great company. They, uh, he has some great ideas, and the people working for him and working with him have great ideas, and they are doing wonderful, amazing things. And if you get the chance, stop by and say hello because they're great people, and I really appreciate their support through being uh, advertisers of the BobDavisPodcast.com. I want to thank Juliet. Juliet runs BU Enterprises. She she likes to say that she triggers me. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> and I, I'm so sorry, Juliet. I, she gets me going and then I start yelling at her. <laughs> and I really apologize. But she has really been great in sponsoring the podcast and providing a ton of support. And I really appreciate and I hope that everything's going well at BU. And, and if you really, if you need to stretch, and we all do, just listen to this last podcast I did about the state of uh, the world. Uh, wow. Uh, BU is great because they do these conferences. She can do conferences, you know, people who work together, people in neighborhoods, and she has all these stretches and things that you can do to feel better. And BU has got a future. So, Juliet, thank you. And then somewhere down the line, I'll tell you about how to make uh, contributions and donations to the Bob Davis podcasts. Snapshot. Went to the auto show in Chicago with my dad at McCormick Place or McCormick Center or whatever it's called now. My dad is uh, looking at the Toyota Corolla, as I recall. Very impressed with these little compacts, as he called them. And standing there at the Toyota display... I'm a kid, and I look way down the aisle, and I see very far in the distance a Dodge display with a bunch of candy-colored vans. These are the these are the old '70s Dodge vans with uh, I guess they had 318s in them or six-cylinder engines, but most of them I think had 318s. They were orange, metallic blue, um, candy-colored green, um, candy-colored yellow. There was a copper tone one, and uh, there was a black one. And I made a beeline because they were so cool. They had big wide oval tires and mag wheels, black carpeting. I don't recall them being outfitted as RVs. They were party vans, and boy, did I want one. And I, I, I you know, for years, I just fantasized about about uh, traveling the country in my in my brand new. Dodge van, and I also will just throw in another stamp, uh, another snapshot here, of going to the Dairy Queen 
in my hometown and uh, you know among all of the gtos and the corvettes uh and so forth every now and then you'd see one of those vans whether it was a chevy or a ford or a you know, usually they were Dodge and Chevys. Uh, I know that Ford, the Ford Econoline at the time was kind of the workhorse. But for some reason, uh, the kids bought the Chevys. And these were kids that worked at Thrall Car in Chicago or Bethlehem Steel. Or, you know, they get paid big money to work in those plants. And they'd go out and they'd buy, you know, they'd buy a GTO or they'd buy one of these vans. Yet another snapshot. Me in a used Crown Vic police cruiser long story you have to listen to the podcast to 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 learn why i bought that heading to chicago every weekend because my son lived down there and i worked in minneapolis so i would drive down to chicago and i got the uh, crown vic because in wisconsin people like to drive in the left lane at about 55 miles an hour well once i got the crown vic you know i'd pop up over the top of the hill and i'd keep my parking lights on and it was people would just change lanes and it, i had a clear shot all the way to shy town every weekend and what i did later was speed runs to the east coast for the holidays let's say or later still across the country in this car doing podcasts and sleeping in the car went out west went up north glacier national uh was was one of the places i went and that's a throwback because i also had a 97 um black trans am ws6 which i wish i still had and i went all over the country including glacier and that thing another snapshot my friend and client ed johnson who is now ed wolf i don't know why (laughs) ed you're gonna have to explain that but he had a business called ex-government cars and he sold i think he was probably the biggest seller of used police cars and and uh, and used police and government vehicles all over the twin cities or if not the state and he had been listening and he knew that i was driving all over the country in my uh in my car and he announced to me one day we're getting you an ambulance and it wasn't long before he called me and said okay i'm sending you a picture how much four grand i said done done and done i got the ambulance i got it painted i got my logos on it a lot of people helped me and that was in 2014. So I started going out on the road for three or four or five or six weeks at a time, covering what I called covering stories. But really, I was driving around and I would cover stories. I, I went to the pipeline protest. I covered primaries and, uh, you know, uh, caucus uh, stuff like that in Iowa and South Carolina. But I went all over the, the country in this thing at the time and loved it. Over the the years from 2014 to 2020, I started to, uh, you know, I'd be coming home and I'd think, why am I coming home? This is so stupid because I'm paying rent and I'm paying for gas, which wasn't that expensive at the time. Fuel, diesel fuel. Now, I don't, I'm not going to get into the whole, in this podcast, the whole processes for why I went out on the road, but basically... I threw everything away, I sold everything, or I burned everything I owned, left my uh, rental home after I completely cleaned it on Halloween two years ago. I'll never forget the feeling of driving away from my 
rental property. It wasn't my rental property. It's a rental house. is a duplex. Feeling incredibly great just driving away. So that was the beginning of full-time nomad life for me. And I never look back. The idea is to be on the road forever. We'll see about how for, how long forever is. But I know people that have been doing this for years and years and years, 10 years, and they're still doing their thing. Fast forward to Halloween 2021, which was the start of my second year on the road. And I was in Scottsdale, just bought a solar panel at the Camping World. Don't get me started. In fact, I just had to put a new controller in it. But anyway... I bought a uh, solar panel because I was continuing to have problems with charging the batteries. Ambulances are weird. They have weird, they're designed in a different way from RVs. And this one has three starting batteries. So they're not quote unquote deep cycle batteries. And they, uh, sometimes they don't hold a charge. Let's put it that way. And you have to get new batteries or whatever. So I got the solar panel so I could at least you know, not have to run the motor while I was doing stuff. So it's a, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulation of this amazing vehicle are many, and I don't need to spend a lot of time getting into that. So this was the start of my second year on the road when I went to, down to Scottsdale and bought or, or passed through my best friend Andy's house, and we went to the camping world in wherever, Mesa, I don't even know where it is, and bought a solar panel. The second year is unique because at about this time last year, I got to Quartzsite. It was a little after I was in Scottsdale. And the other thing that's interesting to me about this whole process is that you, you really forget all the places you've been. It, it, it's kind of like a dream because it just kind of ends up in your brain as a dream. That's the best way for me to explain it. Doing this is a is a tremendous way to, I think, and I talked about that in the last podcast, uh, kind of is a salve for your subconscious. Let's just put it that way. So after I was in Scottsdale, I headed east to this campground I like to go to on the uh, New Mexico border. I spent Christmas there the first year I was traveling. And then I ended up in Quartzsite on somewhere around November 7th. And it would turn out that the second year of nomad life, in a way, wasn't very much nomading. Very different from the first. Because as we entered the fall of 2021, fuel prices started to rise. And so I was so pissed this is, you know, 12 months ago, that I just said, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm staying put. I refuse to move. And so I ended up spending the winter uh, down here. In fact, I didn't just spend the winter here. I was here until June, roughly, early June, in the southwestern corner of Arizona. A little bit of California here and there. But, but, but basically, not a lot of travel in the second year. And at first, I felt bad about that. But then I realized all the other nomads were doing the same thing because nobody likes spending this amount of money on fuel. It's ridiculous. So that reality, we thought that the fuel price thing would be, quote unquote, uh, transitory, ended up changing everything. It changed the whole geography and the whole 
approach to what I'm doing. So my first winter down here, my sense of quartzite was that it was a kind of like a twisted bent Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is a, a nutty town. It is a shanty town in many ways, but I loved it. And I was out at uh, Plamosa Road, which is about seven miles out of town. And I met a ton of great people. This is the beginning of this realization that being an nomad and and functioning in this world is kind of like peeling an onion. Because I like to go, 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 go. I, if I had my druthers, I'd be driving right now. I love to drive. And I drive all over the place. I have crisscrossed the Midwest, been on both coasts, been on both borders, run both borders, Canada and uh, the whole thing. And I'd rather just drive. But I, I felt... Somehow, like I'd been shot down behind enemy lines, and I'm in this place, and boy, did I have a good time last year. Big O, uh, we spent Thanksgiving basically uh, hanging out. Remember the big eclipse? Darcy, uh, camp host extraordinaire, who is here this year, uh, she kind of hooked us all up together, and it was great. Sandy, and of course, Pam of the Pambulance, who I am dedicating this podcast to, because Pam cannot join us this year. What an amazing, amazing woman and, and really fun. And I mean, she can cook like you wouldn't believe. She made, she was cooking something on a pot at one day and went, went over there. She goes, try this stew. Wow. And she had just thrown it together with stuff that was in the refrigerator. So uh, yeah, Pam, we are dedicating this podcast to you for sure. Then there was Joe, who is a woman from Minnesota, well, I don't want to get into it. She was getting divorced, and so she thought, I'm not letting my husband get all my money. I'm going to take my money and buy this this uh, van. So she bought a van, and she came down here, and uh, Joe's great. She got addicted to my coffee, which I thought was funny. And then we had what we call the two marks. One is a guy from Canada who had an old uh, Class A and helped me immensely, and the other is Mark. Uh, who ended up with uh, this woman, Lori, and her dogs. I don't know how many dogs she had, and they went off together, and it was kind of cool. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, uh, we had this guy out there I call Alaska Gary, who is, uh, this guy drove a oil truck in Alaska, and he for he had to be, uh, as he referred to it, piss-tested, so he couldn't party. And all he wanted to do was was party. And he, he played the same country uh, or, or Leonard Skinner live CD at top volume outside speakers. And it was pretty crazy. And the other thing is, this group, really none of us drank that much. Uh, or we didn't drink at all. And then Kathy, who's in her 70s, she had a class uh, C. And she walked probably 10 miles a day. Always coming back with courts and everything else. So it's a social community experience completely different from speed runs across the country. And also the relationships that you develop in town. The Coyote Market, uh, Noel and uh, Gina from uh, the Wood Place, Woodstock Wood. The $10 showers at the laundry, which is great. And then I went to Kofa. This is another place, a just beautiful uh, place, which actually has palm trees down in this. I never did see the palm trees. I was just blown away by this mountain. And we, uh, we did things like circle the wagons, where we circled all the trucks for this tremendous Christmas Eve feast. 
not to mention New Year's Eve, as I talked about a little bit with um, the whole experience with Gary. And then I had a visit from my friend John Holland. We had a great time. Went to the big RV show, which was kind of a letdown, which I don't need to get into in this podcast. And then I went out to something called a place called Dome Rock, which uh, is a place where there are lots of gold pro- prospectors. I met I met Annie and Wes. Wes is a prospector who never wears shoes and would go down in the washes and prospect in his bare feet. Really interesting guy. And then later, Pam and Sandy came out. But the cool thing about Dome is it's just loaded with quartz. I've got all this quartz in this truck that I collected in my time at Dome. They're big, big pieces of quartz. They're not little rocks of quartz. So again, it's getting to know a place. It's getting to know people. It's getting to know a community. And you move around together. If you camp together, you go places together. So we went to Joshua Tree together. After that, I ended up at this place called Mitri Lake. We'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast. Mentioned that I would uh, uh, tell you how to make a contribution to the Bob Davis Podcast if you want to. You just go to thebobdavispodcast.com. On the right side, you're going to see a picture of Mobile Podcast Command. If you scroll down, right underneath that is a yellow donate button. You click on that, takes you to PayPal. You can set up a, uh, a regular donation like every month or you can give me whatever you want, and I really appreciate it. It goes right in the tank, and uh, I really appreciate the uh, donations and contributions, and I'll mention some of you just before we're done with this podcast. The whole time, I'm thinking, and I did podcasts about it, well, fuel prices have to come down, and they do, and they will. It's just going to take a long time. That'll be the last thing that comes down. What I concluded was, well, I can travel... Because you do save money when you're not putting a lot of fuel in your truck, even when it's cheap. I'll go short distances. So we went down by Yuma to this place called Mitri Lake. And I met um, Alicia with her two dogs. They're amazing. Big dogs. Uh, Doberman and a, we don't even know what this dog is. It's It looks like a bull mastiff, but it might be part pity. We don't know. Julia, who came from... We don't know where Julia came from. I don't... Oh, yeah. She had camped out there with uh, with uh, Alicia at the hot springs at Holt, Holtville, California, which are great. And then we, we met Mike. There's a whole podcast about me and Mike trying to help, help uh, Alicia get out from being stuck. And then in June, I decided to start traveling. I, I What I did is I, I prescribed that I would travel in, I would go to Colorado and I would go to Utah. So I went up to Parker and uh, that's where I had, I was on my way the wrong way. Let me tell you about Arizona. You can't get where you're going if you're on the wrong side of the mountains. And I was on the wrong side of the mountains. Luckily, uh, I had a fuel line leak and this thing was pouring fuel. There's a whole podcast about it. And I got these guys in Parker to fix it who are great. MSR racing, really great. Then I went back to Scottsdale, and again, I don't want to make this too much of a, of a travel log, but I'm trying to give, it, give you a sense of, of where I went. One of my favorite campgrounds is Lake Roosevelt. Stopped there, and it was 110 degrees. It was fabulous. Probably some of the high points of this last year were the Flagstaff Fire, which I was in, and there's a great podcast about getting moved around from the Walmart to the Cracker Barrel, and it was like a nomad convention. It was really fun. And then we all had to get out of there because the fire started coming down the other side of the mountain. Got up to Colorado. 
went to this great hippie town called, we call it Shambhala because they do not want people to know the name of the town. There's a whole podcast about that. And then I went over to Pueblo because my son, uh, who works for a news organization, was shooting in uh, Pueblo. So we got together at the Cracker Barrel. And he was like, nomads know all about Cracker Barrel. We love Cracker Barrel. Andrew was like, well, let's go downtown and see if we can find some Thai food and all this. I was, I was like, this is Pueblo, Colorado. We're going to the Cracker Barrel. Well, he loved it. He thought it was great. Went back to New York and told all his friends about going to the Cracker Barrel. And they were like, what? What? And again, uh, the, I mentioned in a previous podcast, the whole time that I was on the road this year, I really never encountered shortages. I really didn't have to wear a mask anywhere especially after spending six months in the desert, it was amazing to see the greens, the, especially in the early spring, early summer. The greens in Colorado are just incredible. Got to do some house setting. I'm very grateful to the house setting people, uh, Iwa and also uh, Sue. You guys, uh, I got to do some ama- sit at some amazing houses. And one of the things I didn't talk about, but it was in the podcast, is as at one point I fell and dislocated my shoulder, which has been really painful. It's coming back. But it was really great to sleep in a bed for a couple of days because it had just happened and my shoulder was really in pain. So the house sitting was great and it made a huge difference. And then I got COVID. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was COVID. I didn't get a test. I don't care. But it, it knocked me down. After that, went out to Dinosaur National Monument got into a really difficult situation with the truck. Great podcast about trying to get out of there without busting the tires or turning the truck over on some of those grades. One of the things I'm doing now, since I'm doing the short distance travel, is really working on getting to know where the campgrounds are. It's really important because when you're traveling, you know, when I would go across the country, you're going in and out of states. You're really not learning what's going on in the individual state. You observe things. You think you are, right? But, you're, you know, I didn't really get into granularly what was going on in those states. One of the things that you, when you spend time in a state like Utah or Colorado, you learn where the key campgrounds are. And I've spent a lot of time in Arizona now, a fair amount of time in New Mexico. I know where a lot of the campgrounds are. And so now I have a really good understanding of where the campgrounds are and the good ones in Utah and um, in Colorado. Not so much BLM land up there. It's there, but it's harder to find. It's good to know where these things are, but it's really important to know where the Forest Service campgrounds are because they are cheap and some of them are truly spectacular, especially in Colorado. One of my favorite things was Bottomville Salt Flats. Just a fantastic experience. Always wanted to go there. And that's a great podcast, just talking about how weird it is to be there. And I always wanted to camp out there. So you can go out there and you can camp. You can't have a fire unless you have a fireplace because there's no place to have a fire. It's pretty amazing. So a lot of the camping that I did in Utah was around Provo and Salt Lake. Then I went up to King's Crossing. Now, I went to Utah because I wanted to get the guys at Gillette Diesel, which is kind of legendary, to take a look at my uh, 7.3 diesel engine and let me know where we're at. Do I need to overhaul? Is this thing, should I get another rig? And it was great because they they said, first of all, we don't have the parts to fix certain things that you had because they don't make them anymore. So that's going to be an issue. But overall, your truck's in great shape. Don't worry about it. Keep getting the oil changed and, you know, drive. You're good. 
which was great because that's something that had been vexing me for a long time in terms of the future of this rig, what I want to do with it, and and uh, how I want to do what I want to do and so forth. So now I'm working on getting solar. Went up to King's Crossing to hang out with my friend Alicia and the dogs. Mentioned her from before. And this is the other thing that's great about this is, so you meet people and they go off on their mission, wherever they're going, their little calling, and you go off on yours. And they're not people that necessarily you would get to know in the world because they're off on a different track in their life. But in this world, you know, you get to know people and you get to you make great friendships. Mike and Alicia and Julia, but especially Mike and Alicia, really great friends. And you get to see what they're doing in their life. And she was camp hosting at about 10,800 feet up it by King's. It's called King's Crossing. And I don't even know what I think it's in. Yeah, it is in Utah. So I went up to see her and it was getting cold up there so i stayed for two or three days and then i was like i got i can't stay here and it's funny because i talked to her later and she said after you left they wanted me to to paint the tables and that they never brought the paint up so i didn't have to do that but she said there's no one up here and there hasn't been anyone up here until i left in mid-september so because it's just you know you're out of season beautiful lake up there uh just I mean, again, these are places that if I if pressed, I could find them on a map. If I was doing a travelogue podcast, I would probably go get my maps out and point out every little thing. But I'm not going to do that. I mean, people are going to find their own way and, and go to their own places that they want to go to their own way. And the whole travelogue thing, I can't really give you any information. And most people that have been doing this for all, they know all those campgrounds up in Utah. So they know where King's Crossing is. So I don't really have to do that. But... I camped near the arches. I camped, uh, obviously, at Grand Canyon. And for me, it's a almost like a dream. Mountain peaks, uh, lots of beautiful lakes and reservoirs. You know, uh, places like uh, the Red Rocks uh, Forest Service Campground, which is near the King's Crossing, you know, by, by some national park. I forget which one. The arches, I think. Maybe it's, I don't know. And I don't care because all of those experiences leave a landscape in your subconscious. And I think that's what's really important is having those experiences and saving them for yourself. I can't share everything. I can't paint a picture for you. I can't, I can't come up with the words to fully describe the majesty, not only of this country and all the places that you can go to in this country. And I've been to Montana in the summer and all these places. It's not the amount of travel, although I still love to, if fuel goes to $1.98 for diesel 2 or two twenty for diesel 2, believe me, I'm back out on the road for good. You know, Florida and all these different places that I've been that are chronicled in the podcast the last two years, it's not the amount of travel, it's the quality. And so one of the things I've learned this year is when you slow down and you take it one day at a time and you say, I'm going to stay here for an extended period of time. This is when you get into the richness of nomad life where you start to meet people, you go to campfires, you go to drum circles, you go uh, to, you meet people like Nolan Gina, who I consider friends now at the Wood Place, where everybody gets their wooden quartzite. Uh, you, you hang out at the, at, the, at the market. You get to know people who, who are, they're seasonal too, then they, they go to work here. 
or you're going into uh, uh, places that you know you're going to be hanging around for a few weeks and you're going to camp here and you're going to camp there. And again, you meet people and you also develop this, this realization, where am I going? I don't have to go anywhere. So if I want to go someplace and the high fuel prices also predicate uh, a person having to think about what they're doing rather than just run off willy-nilly. So the amount of travel is important, and I've covered a lot of ground, been to all lower 48 states, had a great time in New England last year. And that was another example. My, my nephew was thinking about moving there, and so we spent a lot of time in Vermont. I spent a lot of time in New Hampshire. We spent a lot of time in, uh, oh, I later spent a lot of time, time in May. He was most interested in Vermont. And Vermont is like a, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, a, a land that you would read about in a J.R. Tolkien <laughs> novel. It's just, uh, it's an amazing place because of its picturesque nature. And it is a dream world, Vermont. It's like a, it's like a, a city in a, it's like a, it's like a land up in the clouds. <laughs> so I had a great time, you know, the first year of travel in places like Vermont and Florida and the Midwest. But now staying out here in different places in the, in the, in the Southwest is really special. And I've met some great people. But for now, uh, again, standing pat here in Quartzsite and kicking off another year of nomad travel, we're just getting started. Once again, I'm dedicating this podcast to Pam of the Pambulance. You know who you are. We love you. You're amazing. And uh, we cherish our time with you, for sure. I said I was going to mention as many people as I could think of as quickly as I can who have donated to the Bob Davis podcast. This is an important part of my business. It's an important part of this project. So those of you who are supporting through donations, I really, really, really appreciate it. Going to mention Jeffrey Dunn because I always confuse him with Wayne Nelson, but definitely want to mention Wayne Nelson, um, Sandra Amiot, Mindy Collins, uh, John Bennett, Todd Myers, these have been instrumental people this year, Margie and Tim Blevins, Katie Davis, Andrew Davis, that's my son, and uh, let's see who else uh, I can think of that have given me uh, amazing contributions over the last year or so. John Holland has been great. I appreciate you coming out to see me, John, and I appreciate your contribution as well. Keep me going, which is kind of neat. And many, many others. And I can't think of them all off the top of my head. Usually I do this at the at New Year's. So listen to the New Year's podcast because I'll get everybody's name in uh, during the New Year's po uh, podcast. So I'm celebrating a third year. I'm celebrating kicking off a third year. I assume it's going to be just as different as the second year was from the first. And we will see. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1077. Happy Halloween. Reviewing the second year the second full year of Nomad Travel, the Bob Davis Podcasts. <gasps> I hope the day will be a light a highway For friends I found on every road Can you ever think of any better way For the lost and weary travelers to go
Fragile time should never slip us by. 